and all, and most of all, the one and only Ivan. It is the fourth annual Best did Picture not, Awards. Did not AKA get a AKA the Pickies. It's it not did. even on not any from of the us. Lists. Not from us, but it did get a visual effects from the Oscars. So did it really? Topical. Yes, it I did. Didn't yes, that. it okay. did. Okay. Okay. I have yes. no idea. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Okay. So. Thanks, everybody, for coming out to the show. It is our fourth time doing it. We are pulling a Steven Soderbergh-produced Oscars, and yes. we're not going to do a lot of fluff here at the beginning. We're just going to go right into the awards. So we're starting off with special recognition, which is where we talk about things that don't kind of fall into our other categories, which basically means TV, documentaries, stand-up specials, that kind of thing. So, Chad, walk us through your nominees. The Art of Storytelling film, nope. cinema, <laughs> movies. I... These are things we like on this podcast. And these are things sure. that can be seen in other media besides uh, uh, standard feature films. These are right. my favorite things that aren't films this year. Uh, <clears throat> great. So the first one's Pin 15. It's this hilarious show on Hulu about middle school and growing up awkward. It's 30 year olds pretending to be middle schoolers. It's hilarious. Uh, my next recommend is from way early in 2020. It's Whitmer Thomas's The Golden One. It is part stand-up special, part concert, part documentary about grief, and it is incredible. Uh, it's very good. And it's on HBO Max. Uh, also on HBO Max is The Flight Attendant, new series starring uh, Kaylee Cuoco, and it is as hilarious as it is thrilling. Um, and then Better Call Saul at the beginning of 2020 was... Um, just as it always is a masterpiece. It's cinema on the small screen every week. I love that show so much. Possibly Insane. the only thing to win four pickies every year. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's it's also like um, insane to think about that that came out this year. I know. So long. Like I didn't yeah. believe it. I had to look it up to be sure that it was that in 2020 <laughs> right. that Better Call Saul came out. <laughs> Um, okay, I will go next with my special recognition. I want to recognize Boy State, a documentary that didn't get nominated, and it was a travesty that it didn't. But it is about um, the annual Boy State conference in Texas where uh, we see people learning about government. Uh, and it's scary. Uh, my other special recognition is for the one and only Taylor Swift, who had a banner 2020 year. Not only did she release Folklore and Evermore, two of my favorite albums, she also released Miss Americana, which is an incredible musician doc, and Folklore, The Long Pond Sessions, which is you sit and watch her in a cabin and sing. Mark watched it while he did laundry. Says. It's great. I, it's so fun. <laughs> Um, uh, TV shows, Rapid Fire, Ted Lasso, I Hate Susie, and Love Life. Um, I'll also do an audible and throw in Dickinson and Servant in here. This was the year of Cody discovering 30-minute shows that weren't necessarily just comedies, uh, and they were all great. Yeah, I can only vouch for Ted Lasso on those lists, but uh, it's very good. It's very good. Mark. Also, is a comedy. Um, well, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know, but yeah, I was yeah. talking about all the other ones. Um, so uh, I'm gonna start with things that are on TV. Although Small Axe is debatably movies, it is a five episode TV series where the first two or three episodes are like movie length, and the rest are TV length. Um, but they are standalone 
features directed by the one and only Steve McQueen. Uh, sorry, no, the other Steve McQueen, mm-hmm. um, the one who directed 12 Years a Slave. I guess he's not the one or the only. Um, they're fantastic. They're about, uh, you know, um, West Indies immigrants to London in the 60s and 70s. I especially recommend Mangrove, which is like Trial of Chicago 7, but uh, if they're all black. And Lover's Rock, which is my favorite uh, question mark film of the year. Um, other things that I watched on TV are like Who Are We Are Who We Are, which is a Luca Guadagnino um, eight episode TV series that has been compared to Calling by Your Name, although it's slightly mm-hmm. different, but it is set in Italy. Um, the uh, the Little Nas X video. That's what it's yeah. It's it's to. it's compared yeah. to the okay, okay. There's like a lap dancing scene with a demon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 I'll um, watch it then. I'll I will also mention devs, which I think I mentioned on the last episode of the pickies, um, because no one was watching it then either. Uh, movie wise, uh, Hamilton. Of course, I'm surprised no one's mentioned Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, you all know what Hamilton is. The American Utopia is the David concert film kind of a spiritual follow-up to stop making sense it is gorgeous good music good vibes fun times great and we don't have to have any winners of that because it's special recognition it's like small the humanitarian um award small we are, we are who we are might win actually if it's up to me but that wasn't if even it, if it's up to me i think taylor swift as an entity wins. she wins 2020 to yeah you know, the year she yeah, just does. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. I think COVID actually won 2020. Well, they Probably. did. They got yeah. us. <laughs> really put up some numbers there. <laughs> they got our ass. I didn't know okay. COVID 19 went by they, them, Cody. What? You said they got it's, us, and it just, I don't know. It just felt it's inclusive. It's safe to use when you're not sure of. The, yeah, when you're uh, not sure, gender. you use they, them. Yeah, I know. Um, is this. I would have said it got us or something, but you used the Although, to be fair, most mass, interesting. Most mass murderers are males, so it probably isn't him. Probably, probably is he. Let's him. be real. COVID-19 is a he. Either <laughs> that or it's a girl boss who slays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesus. Moving okay, on so to our next category. We're, we're hopping in uh, Cody's favorite category, best voiceover slash motion picture performance. Chad, you first. Oh, gosh. I go first again. Okay. Well, um, like the Academy, the order at all? yeah, we'll change the order. Mark, Mark, okay, Mark announced, which sure. I thought was fun. I like kind of him switching up the announcement, so I should go first. Sure, yeah. So you, Mark throws yeah. it to me. Cool. Cody. So <laughs> perfect. Um, so uh, my nominees are Ben Schwartz as Sonic in Sonic the Hedgehog. He got to go fast. Kim Jong as Gobi over the moon. He got to go over the moon. Julia Louise Dreyfus as Mom. She's got to go onward and onward. Jamie Foxx as Joe Gardner. Gotta go to the soul world in Seoul. Eva Whitaker as Maeve McIntyre in Wolfwalkers. She gotta go to the forest. Why are you doing this to uh, us? I don't know. It's something. All right, Mark. <laughs> okay, you, Chad, you next. You next. I, I, I'm throwing it to Mark Oh, next. Mark. Mark next. Mark next. Um, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and co-sign Cody's uh, endorsement of Jamie Foxx in Seoul as well as his endorsement of Ava Whitaker as made McIntyre in Wolfwalkers. Everyone's got to see Wolfwalkers. It's great. So um, now it's time for the Mark picks of this category where it's <laughs> called, how does Mark squeeze us into live action performances? Um, we're going to start with the assistant where Tony Tom plays the boss over the phone in one conversation, right. um, which honestly kind of, I, I think 
a movie that centers around that character. Yeah, it's, it's a very a small scene with him in it, but it's impactful. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I also chose Oliver Jackson Cohen and his stunt team as the titular Invisible Man in the Invisible Man. I'm not sure exactly how many people were involved with this motion capture performance, but right. they all deserve a nomination. Okay. Cool. Uh, Chad? So as we all know, the Oscars often has like 10 slots to fill in a category and they only go with like a limited number. I did the same this year because honestly, I did. I wasn't moved to nominate too many people in this category. So, he also didn't watch Wolf. Oh, no, he did watch no, Wolf I watched Wolf Walkers. I liked didn't. it. The oh, okay. voice performances just didn't stand out to me in that. But uh, mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx's Joe Gardner, I co-signed from Soul. And I also liked Tina yeah. Fey as 22 in Soul. Um, she yeah. made me laugh. She was very funny as just like that very difficult uh, soul in the group yeah. before. She's got uh, a short that centers on her life before that's coming out on Disney Plus. Uh, I heard about that. I didn't know it was about her. So soon. that's yes. going to be funny because mm-hmm. it's going to be about like her messing with all the previous mentors. Yep. That's going to be great. Yep. It'll be good. Yeah. So, Chad, who is your winner in this category? Uh, Jamie Foxx is Joe Gardner would be my winner. All right. Jamie Foxx. Mark. Um, I had not thought about that. <laughs> um. I'm going to go ahead and give it to the Invisible Man team um, right. just because they played an important part in that movie. And I am going to choose Eva. Yes, Eva Whitaker as Maeve McIntyre in Wolfwalker. So everybody gets oh. a chance to, you know, yeah. defend their defend their choice. And we got to pick an overall winner. Um, Mark, yeah. I, I like your gumption with Invisible Man, but also like... Oh, no, I fully expect you guys to not vote for, well, him, for that. No, this it, continues the like, tradition of me getting mad about not coming up with these uh, <laughs> myself. Because, like, I mean, the the assistant, the boss and the assistant, it's like one of the scariest scenes I've ever seen. It's so stressful and so mean. Uh, and, yeah, he, the dude sells it. Um, same with the Invisible Man. It's a really good, you, you literally can't see him. <laughs> But it's it's the yeah. whole effects team and like the the directing around of the the performance that like really sells a lot of those scenes it, when they're like struggling yeah. and you can only see Elizabeth Moss. It like I, I love that stuff. My my I, only issue is I don't know how much of that is him. motion capture and how much right. of that is uh, just. Yeah acting against nothing although i mean there are clearly a lot of times that are motion capture there are times that are motion and, capture i, yeah, know I did watch the a little the bit scenes, yeah. yeah exactly greens green i watched suit, some man. of a, a, a featurette and there is someone in a green green suit i yeah. don't think it is always if ever right. oliver jackson cohen but he's the only name mm-hmm. i saw attached to i, I think role. it's kind of the the mando thing or season one mando thing apparently he's in the suit more in season two but it's like oh, how okay. often yeah. is it actually pedro pascal <laughs> you know um but that guy talked more um so Okay, I'll, I'll defend. Dog, by the way, he keeps barking. Yeah, it's all right. It's I'll, okay. I'll defend Eva. I think that's a very fun kind of like you know rascal in the woods performance, kind of like the wild person. She, you know, she's the wolf. I think it's, I think it's really fun, and I think she brings some like pathos to it. You know, when she's worried about her mom and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad, you picked Joe and Gardner. Then, yeah, for Joe Gardner, Jamie Fox, uh, in Soul. Um, 
this movie is just like about humanity and life mm-hmm. uh, in general and the beauty of life. And you really needed a performance to like bring that sense of humanity and just like gentleness uh, mm-hmm. to the role. And he brought it. I mean, it's a very good vocal performance. Uh, yeah. And it's probably of these three that I'm, I think I'm going to stick to my guns. I don't know how we do this though. Am I allowed to vote for my own? I will. Oh, Mark, let, I let's will break let Mark the tie. Know. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I don't remember specifics of either of these performances just because mm-hmm. of the way that the year has been. And it sure. has been yeah. at least four months since I've seen either of these movies. I mean, that's um, going to be the running through line of this show, I think. I mean, it is a very strange year and it's so late into things. Um, I am going to go ahead and not, and give the win to Ava Whitaker just mm-hmm. because Jamie Foxx has an Oscar already. Um, and also Ava Whitaker, I think, is probably just a voice actress, um, if a professional actress at all. I'm sure she's a professional actress. I don't know what I'm saying. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. 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 So let's m- move right on into Chad. You want to tee this one up? Yeah, sure. Uh, next category is the best animated film. Um, Mark, how about you go first since you haven't gone first yet? Yeah, so I only nominated two animated movies, although I did see more than just these two. Um, I nominated Wolfwalkers and Soul. This is another one of those, there are more slots than yeah. I chose to fill. Sure. And so I, Chad, filled, I filled four out of my five slots, and these are the four animated films that I saw this year. And they are Onward. I'm really furious about this. Yeah, Onward, Soul, Wolfwalkers, and Scoob indefensible um it that that's a horrific film i would have much rather you had just done three scoob is trash uh, i did not watch scoob cody why don't you uh bring yours <laughs> i watched a lot of animated films there are like four or five that didn't make it on here um including scoob and uh trolls too um but i i basically trolls kept locked Yep, I kept lockstep in with the Oscars. Um, I did Farmageddon, a Shaun the Sheep movie, Over the Moon, Wolfwalker, Soul, Onward. They did it right this year. Um, and we lined, we lined up with them with those five nominations. Um, yeah. So um, I'll go so, ahead and say that I probably give the win to Wolfwalkers. I think it's the most visually interesting of mm-hmm. the two that I nominated and also of the four or five that I saw. So Mark um, picks Wolfwalkers. Chad, what is your pick for best? So um, your winner. My winner is Wolfwalkers and my loser is Scoob. I really just brought it up because I wanted to talk about how <laughs> horrible the film is. And I wanted it's to I wanted bad. to make it clear that I saw this movie and I didn't nominate any of the vocal performances because they were all horrible. Um, right. I could have so nominated Tracy Morgan, if I'm honest, as Captain Caveman. Tracy Morgan's not fun. bad enough. Now, you also fun. didn't nominate any of the Wolfwalker voice performances. <laughs> Un- unmemorable was the issue there for me. Well, it's one of those things, too, where because uh, th- this is kind of a thing in American animation, right? We mm-hmm. associate the famous people who come in and do the voices. So yeah. when we're watching like this Irish animated film and don't recognize any of the voices. Well, I was like, I oh, that, that one's Sean Dean. I recognize right. him. <laughs> Other than but, that one. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I also think that more caught up in the it. thing that blows yeah. you away about Wolfwalkers isn't the vocal performances, which not are not bad. It's the, mm-hmm. the visuals, the visuals. And, uh, so my, my yeah. pick for winner is also Wolfwalkers. So that is a clean sweep, but I do want to just shout out soul real quick. 
because I do really think good. it's closer than mm-hmm. we made it seem. I think yeah. Soul is incredible. Oh, um, it is I think it's very inventive. Probably and stuff like that. one of Pixar's best mm-hmm. movies between like that, Wally. And yeah. I don't know, pick a Toy Story on any day of the week. It might be a different yeah. Toy Story, but like between those I, three I, movies, I, I, uh, sure. it's I think, and like, it's gorgeously animated. It mm-hmm. looks unreal, you know. Uh, but Wolfwalkers, that's our winner. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll, I'll do this one. Our next category is best adapted screenplay. Mark, what'd you nominate? Um, I don't want you really understand the order of who is uh it's free will introducing it's just it's, it's just the person to... who introduces it doesn't go just, first. Just That's gets all that pick. it is. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I nominated I will start with One Night in Miami, written by Kent Powers based on his own play. Um it's a really beautiful movie. Uh, and most of it is just monologues and conversation. And mm-hmm. I think that it it's just great at that. Um, I also nominated The Invisible Man, very loosely based on the book by H.G. Mm-hmm. Wells. It really just has one character in common. Um, again, fantastic movie. The Father, again, uh, written by Florian Zeller, and again, based on his, his own stage play. Uh, mm-hmm. The again there is because the well, same thing happened to One Night in Miami. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a gorgeous movie with writing that keeps you kind of guessing at mm-hmm. what's going on, what's real when are we where are we who are we um i'm thinking of ending things uh sorry i was looking at the wrong list i'm thinking of ending things written by charlie kaufman based on the book by ian reed um another movie that is the screenplay is constantly keeping you guessing what is real what is not real uh is anything real am i real is the world real um and then also emma written by Eleanor Catton, based on Emma by Jane Austen. The movie has a period. The book does not. Um, that is one of the major uh, that's, that's what got they the made in the play, uh, in the movie. Um, it's a good movie. One of the last things I saw in theaters pre-pandemic, um, and for that reason, I remember very little of it, but I was charmed. Hmm. Mark, yeah. why don't you go ahead and tell me your winner? Oh, why don't I go ahead and think about who won? Um... I will probably go with the father. Okay. The father. Mm-hmm. The father. Okay. Uh, I'll go next. Um, so I thought about this. This is always the weird category because it's like, it, I, I think about what did the adaption do more than the screenplay itself. Um, not that any way is better than the other, but, th- but that's kind of how I approached it. So I nominated No Man Land. Nomad Land, written by Chloe Zhao, based on the book by Jessica Bruder. I think this is a very interesting adaptation because apparently in the book, the lead character doesn't exist. The and book is a is, nonfiction book. The book is a nonfiction book, and it just kind of tells mm. the story of the nomads, but it focuses, there is no Fern character. And so th- that was created whole cloth, which I found uh, very interesting. Uh, then we had Bad Education, written by Mike Mikowski, based on the article by Robert Kolker. This this bad boy is based on a news article. <laughs> they did a lot of stuff for it. Um, then we have I'm Thinking of Ending Things written by Charlie Kaufman based on the book by Ian Reed. This is one I have not read the book, but I have heard that the book's not so great and that this uh, screenplay took a lot of liberties and kind of 
made some more things less literal and kind of played with some um, aspects of it. Um, and then we have The Father written by Florian Zeller based on the stage play by Florian Zeller. This one's hard because I don't know the play, um, but I I think like Mark said, the the, the keeps you guessing uh, and it's, it's a very compelling screenplay. It, it could be a lot more miserable to watch than what it is and I think the screenplay is a big piece of that. Uh, and then finally, The Invisible Man written by Lee Whannell based on the book by H.G. Wells. Um, also, I think, the universal film. Um, I, this one's way different but it, but it went to the core of how do we... Uh, how do we tackle this um, this kind of story in a modern lens? Most of the previous adaptations have folk been from the viewpoint of the Invisible Man himself um, and turning, and he has always been a bit of a creep, that sort of thing. Uh, and then to kind of twist the perspective on it, I think was a really good call. Uh, so that is why that is my winner for this category, even though I like a lot of these other movies as well, but the adaptation yeah. there, I think, is the is the biggest and best. Chad, um, yeah, for me, all of mine are, have already been mentioned, but I'll just go through them real quick. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things written by Charlie Kaufman, based on the book by Ian Reed. Um, you've already talked about it a little bit. The Father, written by Florian Zeller, based on the stage play by Florian Zeller. Uh, the Invisible Man, written by Lee Winnell, based on the book by H.G. Wells. One Night in Miami, written by Kent Powers, based on his play. Uh, and Nomadland, written by Chloe Zhao, uh, based on the book by Jessica Bruder. Cool. Who's your winner? Uh, did you say your winner? Oh, I yeah, think you did. Uh, the Invisible Man. Oh. oh, The Invisible Man's your winner. Okay, I missed that somehow. Mm -hmm. um, I would probably have to say... Um, I'm thinking of ending things by Charlie Kaufman is my winner. All right. And so why is that your winner? Um, my understanding of like the changes he made from the book, uh, really improved upon it. So talking about like the adaptation, like what are you doing in the adaptation, um, is a winner, but also it, it just, it feels like the most dense screenplay on the list. And that's something I appreciate. Um, I think going back sure. for rewatches through, the ages and I it's the kind of movie as soon as I watched it I knew I wanted to watch like 11 video essays on it in like five years whenever annoying films sounds miserable but them. every man every man does his own dirty deeds yeah that's my dirt that's my dirty little secret is I watch video essays uh from like nerd writer and mm -hmm. stuff like that nerd writer is actually really good yeah. at it but I write I watch a lot of horrible ones that aren't nerd writer um sure uh but no, there's just so much Everything going on wrong with every. With, I'm thinking of bending <laughs> things in no, 11 minutes. Nope, not cinema. Sense. Ding! That's that not a video movie essay. Wasn't actually directed by Robert Zemeckis. Yeah, okay. They asked um, her twice what her job was, and she answered different thing both times. Ding! But we can't uh, do this bit again. Right. But yeah, we'll do this on every podcast. <laughs> but a uh, lot of interesting choices made, um, and I feel like they all can color a different person's interpretation of the movie. I think you you go away with what you what you take from it. It's not spoon feeding mm -hmm. you things. It's a cool screenplay and a cool movie. Yeah. I like it. What about you? What uh, is Invisible like, Man win? I feel like I kind of already, you know, did my defense of, you know, mm -hmm. the, the fact that it shifts the perspective yeah. and kind of makes it about like a controlling husband and gaslighting yeah. and all that stuff. I, I really think it's a cool really angle for smart sure. update 
Um, so yeah, I, 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 that, that's why it stands out to me. And Mark, you, you kind of touched on why the father works for you. Yeah. I think the father is, uh, kind of some, which I'm thinking of ending things in mm-hmm. that they kind of both have their surreal moments. And a lot of that I think is in the screenplay. Yeah. Um, probably a little bit more in the screenplay from thinking of ending things. Um, but they're both very surreal movies that make you feel out of place and out of time. Both directed oh, by writers, though. So both have like a big. Uh, mm-hmm. All three directed focus. by writers. Yeah. Yeah, yep. it's true. Uh, all three were writer director pairs. Yeah, I, th- I think of Lee Winnell as like director first. I don't know if that's fair to him, but that's that just is how I think wild. of him. Wild. No, that is really <laughs> because he is most famous as a screenwriter. He wrote oh, Saul. Okay. James Wan That's directed right. It. He wrote yeah. the first two Saul's. Um, the thing is, he's just such a strong writing other stuff. He's such a strong visionary director through like yeah. the two features of his that I've seen. Yeah, are... He's only done two. Yeah. Did he not direct a Saul? No, he directed an Insidious. He directed three. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Which so Insidious he's directed did he do? Three. A not good one. Okay. It, it worried me when he started. It, gotcha. The last key, the lost key, whatever that one was. Oh, I didn't watch that one. Uh, but the yeah, so uh, Venom movie, Upgrade. <laughs> but Upgrade, Upgrade and yes. The Invisible Man <laughs> were both incredible. Um, yeah. And so, like, because of his just like so unique visual language, I think of him as a yeah. director first. But you're right that he's also he's a doing, writer first. He's doing the fucking Wolfman with oh, I'm Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Golly. So um, I, think I, I think I could throw my vote over to I'm thinking of ending things. I was going to say the same thing purely yeah. because the father is, I think, basically the stage play mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. brought to the, you know, you just. I mean, it's the same writer. So like, yeah, he changes what he needs yeah. to change for to make it a movie. And it's a great adaptation and it's a great movie. Um, and it's really yeah. well directed. It's not like a, mm-hmm. there are lots of movies this year that were plays turned into films that were uh, a little bit more obvious about their, where they started. Right. Yeah. Um, and this did not feel like that. Uh, I want to touch base real quick where we lined up with the Oscars with nominations, No Band Land, One Night in Miami, The Father, where we don't bore at subsequent movie film in The White Tiger. The Father ended up winning. So um, Mark, Mark lined up. Um, and I was um, not mad I, about it winning either. No, I like the Borat subsequent movie film, but have a hard time getting behind the idea of a screenplay for that I movie. Agree. Yeah, that is 100% why I like, did not there do that. Is one, there is one that links it together, but the best moments are the, like, yes, they write a pitch and they write jokes going in, but it is mm-hmm. still improv in those moments. Especially and also, I wasn't going to let like, us read fucking 20 names. Yes. Right. Um, and also, like, that screenplay got severely changed when COVID happened. Right, right. Um, which yeah. is impressive. Uh, and no, impressive. Th- like Re- that, like, if there's, like, a producing Oscar of, like, being able to, like, turn on a dime and completely change your movie, I'd give it to that. I'd give that to Borat. But I think best adapted screenplay feels producing Oscar. Do what? Yeah, yeah best. I know. So, uh, best picture is a producing Oscar. Yeah, I know. Um, well, and then White Tiger... I did not know it was anything but a Netflix screensaver until yes, the Oscar nominations were announced. Yeah, we messed up on that one. Um, so, Mark, tell me. I think you've gone first too many times, actually. Cody, you tell me. Uh, what's the best original screenplay? 
Uh, so my nominees for Best Original Screenplay are Mank, written by Jack Fincher. His House, written by Remy Weeks, story by Felicity Evans and Toby v- v- oh, man, Toby Venables. There's no right the way that's Venables? Right. Toby Venables. Yes, I will go with that because he is a British man. Um, Sound of Metal, written by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr. Story by Darius Martyr and Derek Cien France. Soul, written by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, and Kemp Powers. And Palm Springs, written by Andy Ciara. Story by Mark Barbacow and Andy Ciara. It's Max Barbacow. What did I say? You said Mark. You were just thinking about me. <laughs> I was just thinking about I was just thinking about my friend Mark. I was busy thinking about I mean Mark. this shows that I could never be a president <laughs> presenter. I always am like, man, they're just reading off a teleprompter. It should be easy. It's not. Um I am going with um Palm Springs for this. I didn't really talk about all of these um because they're gonna be hitting elsewhere. I guess I'll just hit the ones that aren't hitting out el- hit hit elsewhere uh mm-hmm. mank it's 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 about a screenwriter and they make it interesting but it's also about politics and all that kind of stuff and i think the weaving in is really good his house i think the metaphor that is at the central core of that movie is really cool and yeah. that definitely comes in the writing sound of metal very unique story very unique approach to it thought that was great soul where we've talked about soul um, and Palm Springs is my winner. And I think to take a kind of tired trope like the Groundhog Day format and to completely update it and make it feel relevant and to make it feel poignant and to accidentally make it feel perfect for the time it's released in, I, 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 th- I think is outstanding. So Palm Springs sure. is my winner. winner. Um, Mark. Um, my nominations are Trial of Chicago 7. I am, of course, a Sorkin boy. Uh, and the movie was very relevant and um, Almost incredibly entertaining. It, yes. Incre- like, yeah, suspiciously relevant, but mm. also like thoroughly entertaining throughout because that's what Aaron yeah. Sorkin does. He just makes his dialogue pop. Yeah. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah by Will Burson, Chaka King, Kenny Lucas, and Keith Lucas. Um I mean, it's a great movie. It, the pacing is just amazing. It just it just trucks through a, a long period of time, um, but never feels like it's dragging. Uh, really great uh, character depth in all, all the characters. Minari, um, which, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about all of these later. Yeah. I, these are all Best Picture nominees. Minari, um, which is just a great story of someone telling his family story. Um, Sound of Metal, like Cody said. I'm sorry, Minari was written by Lee Isaac Chung, Sound of Metal, written by Darius Martyr, and Abraham Martyr, story by Darius Martyr and Derek in France. Um, just a, a great story about two subcultures that I don't think about very often, but are, especially the, the, the deaf community is mm-hmm. incredibly underrepresented uh, and really in their headspace. Promising Young Woman by Emerald Fennell, another very entertaining movie uh, that had relevant themes and uh, just a very thrilling and a touching and a, a emotional movie. So, Mark, who's your winner? My winner is probably. I was going to say promising. Um, <laughs> I think it's Judas and the Black Messiah, although I'm very interested <laughs> to say Trial of Chicago 7. Okay. Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Chat, your nominees? It's like a five-way yeah. tie for me. So a lot of these were shared. Uh, Promising Young Woman by Emerald Fennell I also had. 
uh, Palm Springs by Andy Sierra, story by Max Barbacow and Andy Sierra, uh, Soul by Pete Doctor, Mike Jones, Kip Powers, um, and The Sound of Metal, written by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, based on the story by Darius Martyr and Derek Sion France. Um, and you... yeah, lastly, you... yes. The, the assistant written and directed by kitty green um and the only one that we haven't talked about yet is the assistant out of those which that just felt to me like again like a lot of these very topical for the time we're in this one wasn't nominated for any oscars um but no it uh is dealing with this like subject matter that needs to be addressed and really hasn't been addressed in this way it was the most realistic depiction of like being a hollywood assistant for an abusive um boss that uh i've ever seen certainly it wasn't like overly cartoonishly evil it was just like but it was at the same time you know like it was right uh cartoonishly evil while it's definitely a movie about like the banality of evil on a day-to-day basis yes yes that's a good way of putting it um yeah you know but yeah of these my pick for best original screenplay is probably promising young woman by emerald Fennell, lining up with the oscar uh winner for that that category so speaking of lining up with the oscars we did line up for nominees all of them judas and the black messiah charles chicago seven sound of metal promising young woman and minari yeah um so our winners chad had promising young woman i have palm springs mark had judas and the black messiah um since our overall winner well since two of those uh were shared nominees like palm springs and promising young woman both uh had support from two people and Mark's mm, pick. That's a good call. Uh, did not. Let's let Mark pick between those two. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, Promising Owen had a nomination for me, but I didn't really think about Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. So, um, hmm. I like I, both I think I, a lot. I kind of don't think there's a way. Yeah, to yeah, default have them. to go with Promising Young Woman, but I did really like Palm Springs. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Promising young woman. Yeah, Palm Springs is so the Oscars. Palm Springs is so witty and fun, and yeah, it's like an, a fresh take on this. You, you've talked about it. It's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think my slight hesitation, and I'm not going to fight any of these nominees. We're doing a very pleasant um, pickies this go round. Promising young woman. The the script is not where that movie is the most successful for me. Well, interesting, because um, I think that that is where it's most successful for me. Fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. I like because, the... because I do think there are parts that don't work as well as others and some things mm-hmm. are a little hard to track. And I think that, I think that's the screenplay. A lot of people have talked about the resolution. I don't hate it as much as a lot of people do, um, but it still feels like maybe that wasn't the strongest ending. But apparently the know. resolution of the movie was changed after test screenings. Yeah, it's uh, studio notes. Yeah, so, like oh, that the, actually the, makes sense. The final final scene didn't happen, but that like second to final beat that you are just like left yes. feeling helpless at that still does happen. Yeah, kind of think that should have been the ending in ways. Um, but 
it's all right. Uh, I, I'm not upset about this. I wasn't upset when it won uh, at the Oscars. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, it's, a, it's a first time movie. like movie for Emerald Fennell. Um, yep. Which is yep. wild to win <laughs> Best Original Screenplay for your first, your directorial debut. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Well, to, to be fair, I think Obama did call Killing Eve TV as powerful as movies. So. Yes, he did. So... It's her second Fair movie. enough. But also, it, it is original screenplay where you tend to get those first-time people kind of pop off. That that That's where they uh, yeah. get some of those I mean, ones. Kip Powers, it was his... Uh, I actually don't know if it was his first or his second. Is that he... Well, he got nominated for both, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> because like, did he write Soul first? Did he write... Uh, he wrote the play first. Yeah, because he wrote the play. Realistically, yeah. this will probably be Emerald Fennell's last original screenplay because she'll just be hired to do like uh all kinds of like, very sad, successful <laughs> movies nah uh, no nah, she'll, she'll make more original sure. movies the thing is though she'll people make are a like, marvel oh, what's movie next? for sure <laughs> sure 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 and she'll make a good one but yeah what's funny is like people ask her what's next thinking there's a movie coming and she's like well i'm directing cinderella on <laughs> on west end with andrew lloyd webber and it's like i mean cool i guess i would love another movie though right uh so we'll see when Just that happens three mediums and three six consecutive projects yeah exactly i love it um so next up best supporting actor chad yeah hit it i hadn't gone first in a while um so i have chadwick boseman as storm and norman in the five bloods um that movie is just like about him and about people missing him and i think especially after chadwick boseman's death this performance is just like very very special um and yeah it's just kind of the whole personality of the movie is like around him and his performance uh really cool um david thulis as the father and not the father but i'm thinking of ending things um mm-hmm. he was having more fun than anybody on that movie and i love him for it he was so weird and big and wonderful and yeah just a fun performance so you're not nominating him for the split second shot where he is in um justice league or zack snyder's justice league that that would be a 2021 release firstly Mm -hmm. uh secondly i don't know what shot you're talking about i don't remember seeing that (laughs) He remember he's the villain in Wonder Woman. So there's a scene where they're showing the whole old oh, battle, and he yeah. he's oh, one of the gods. That's right. in it for a second. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> never for that. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke in One Night in Miami, uh, mostly for mm-hmm. his singing chops, but also like he's a very good actor. Um, he's a good actor, and. Uh, yeah, this is a really, really solid performance. It's a it's a movie that so heavily depends on its performances um, mm-hmm. to like work because it's just people talking. Um, right. I think I skipped over uh, Paul Racy as Joe in The Sound of Metal. Um, there is one scene in this movie that I'll never be able to shake uh, toward the end. It is mm-hmm. a conversation between him and Riz Ahmed and it is just incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And then Matthew McFadden as Wilcock in The Assistant. Um, again, it is a scene I will not shake. The two performances in the scene are incredible. Uh, the way he's able to sell this like manipulation on this girl, um, like 
making your thing nothing's a big deal when everything is like a mm-hmm. big big deal um it's so good because he like seems so like charming and likable but he is just being villainous uh in the most yet real chad way. needs to watch the rest of secession <laughs> is what i say to that i still don't like it but okay maybe uh, yeah, you're maybe wrong he, he's he's doing kind of the same thing in it like he he's is doing like, a Interesting. I, I disagree with that. No, no, it's it's not the exact same thing. He's lower status in secession than mm-hmm. he is here, but he is doing the thing where like he is has power over someone and at moments and is trying to like lord it over him. And is is it like his thing. relationship? It's not with, the same. Is it his relationship it's... with Greg? Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I've already seen dynamic, a little bit of that. And it's it's a slightly different dynamic, but it's still it's very good. That's Definitely probably, different. It's their dynamic was my favorite thing about the show season. when I was watching it. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably yeah. jump back it's, in. Everyone loves it's a good show. Yeah. It's a good show. Um, Mark, why don't you get next? Um. Oh, Chad, who's your winner? Oh yes, Chad. Who's your oh, good winner? question. Um, can I get back to you on that? Sure. Nope. <laughs> Um, I'll go ahead and start with uh, Kingsley Benadir as Malcolm X in One Night in Miami. I think we all nominated someone from this movie, but I'm the one who picked Malcolm X. He is kind of the center of the movie and the one who is doing the convincing of the other ones. Yeah, I, I think know. this is category fraud, IMHO, but I'm going to let you have it. Sure. Well, I also fine. did category fraud that the um, the Oscars did, so it's fine. Um, yeah. He's He's... He's really great in it. Uh, anyway, I'm also going to nominate Alan Kim as David in Minari. He's the little boy uh, who is just really precious. And I think he's the the viewpoint of the director for, to some extent. Um, yeah, maybe and, category fraud also. but <laughs> I don't think he's the lead. Uh, I'd say Steve. I don't really know who the that. lead of the movie is. I don't know. I think well, yeah. I think it's kind of between the two of them. It, it, it's an yeah. interesting conversation. It's definitely the definitely the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely does carry some of his own storylines. Um, and he's kind of a, a boy growing up as an American being raised by people who don't identify as Americans. Right. Um, I also nominated Sasha Baron Cohen as Ivy Hoffman in Trial of Chicago 7. Are might you be, also going to say be, category might, fraud? Might be category fraud. I don't know if this movie has leads, but if it I, is, it's him and Eddie Redmayne. Did did he not get nominated for best? He did. For supporting actor? Yes. I'm not saying it, okay. you're incorrect. You, like most of the time, if the Oscars put somebody in a category, we're going to fall in step. Yeah. So like, it's, it's not you. It's just, it's very fascinating this trend. And we'll talk about it for your next person as well. Yeah. Um, um, well, I'll just say that Elliot Hoffman, I think is a, a character that I didn't really know anything about before, same, but same, truly yeah. grew to appreciate oh, over the course of the movie, and Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen does a great job as him. And he plays him funny without doing the standard funny Sasha ism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's funny in a different yeah. way. Yeah. And he also like I think of the the character him, like Abby Hoffman is kind of a clown and is a treated as a clown in the movie. Yeah. But and uh then... he's also heartfelt and and is open about his intentions. It makes me pissed we didn't the... get him as Freddie Mercury. I'm, I'm yeah. pissed that yeah. no, I'm also pissed it. about and that. That would have been perfect. That would have been better for that one. But uh, yeah. speaking of Succession, uh, we have a guy who's doing the opposite of a good job playing the comedy part uh, with more like grace. 
Uh, the other secession dude. I, I don't like him in this movie. He's oh, just doing like interesting. Like, he's like doing oh, the, Jeremy that, Strong. No, he's good. He's doing like the that seventies show hippie thing. Like it's not very good. Yeah. It's just kind of like it, anyone can do that, man. Like I could, I could <laughs> act like that. I man. like Jeremy Strong. I I yeah. did I did like that. I like I, I kind Strong. of agree with you that he is kind of doing a stereotype. Um, my other nominations are Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya as Fred Hampton and Judas and the Black Messiah, literally playing a titular character right. as the titular Black Messiah. Him but and the, the other title Judas. character are both uh, supporting characters, apparently. There's yeah, no lead so in this movie. The thing is, I think he... Yeah. I, I think Lakeith is the more egregious um, fuck-up for sure. this. Because yeah, me too. this is the same bullshit they pulled last year with Brad Pitt winning a supporting actor when they're co-leads of that movie. Um, I think the same thing is true here. But if you're going to do supporting, if if that's how you categorize it, Daniel would fall in that number two slot. But yeah. I still think it's like we should be able to recognize. I saw some stat where like, you know, Judy Dench won Best Supporting Actress for being on screen for eight minutes in Shakespeare in Love. The last time that has happened has been a long time. It is people who are in a hundred minutes of the movie. Probably Anne Hathaway and Les Mis was the last time it was someone who was in a very small portion of the movie. That's why I feel bad for like Paul Racy, who is giving a true like supporting actor performance and he's competing against people giving lead performances. But I'm not yelling at Mark. Mm -hmm. The the Oscars did this. Yeah. So I'm I'm just I think it's something interesting to talk about. And honestly, I am. Keith Stanfield's literally driving the story of the movie. Like that is what a lead is. (laughs) It's insane that he's supporting. So normally it's because of studio they send in hey for your consideration pick this person so they campaigned daniel and lead what is fucked up is they campaign lakeith in lead and the academy voters put him in supporting that's crazy that's so weird that's wild Yes, yes. Uh, my fifth nomination, although I do kind of regret not nominating Paul Racy, who I think might win this category for me now, um, mm-hmm. is Matthew McFadden as Wilcock in The Assistant. Um, truly a one-scene performance. Mm-hmm. Um, like we were talking about, as uh, supporting actors should mm-hmm. used to be, um, but really does set the tone of how powerless she is. Um and kind of makes that very obvious while also making it seem like he's on her side. Uh, it, just a very great PR performance. Yeah, very Cody. good. Oh, uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, who's your winner? No, who's your winner? I'm going to defer as well. Go ahead. Jesus. Okay, so uh, my best supporting actors are J.K. Simmons as Roy in Palm Springs. He plays like an insane villainous asshole in a really fun way for a lot <laughs> of the movie. And he's like wild and like uh, killing Andy Samberg. And then he just has a very like poignant, like sit down moment that he plays so well. J.K. Simmons is so good. Loved him in this movie. My next one could be category fraud is Bo Burnham as Ryan. I don't think it's category fraud. Okay, good. I didn't think so either, but let's put it out there. He's um, the main lead. He's the male lead, but a supporting actor. Okay, good. Yeah, he's a supporting um, actor. I, I, I think this casting, I mean, the casting director of Promising Young Woman, I think should win a million awards because casting all of our internet boyfriends as these shitty dudes 
like like internet yeah. comedy boyfriends as the like you uh, immediately think you can trust sam richardson adam brody uh bo burnham yeah. and then when you can't yeah. it's like yeah <laughs> adam brody who i love every time he pops up the kid detective didn't make it on here but it was close and he's so good in that anyway bo that. burnham as ryan you should bo burnham as ryan it's 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 such a good performance. He has to be like instantly charming and yeah. in a kind of like disarming way. You got to believe that he like that Carrie Mulligan would fall for him and that she would trust him after trusting no man. And it just makes the final moments of the movie work so much, so much better. And the scene where they're dancing to Paris Hilton in the drugstore so um, good see i think that's um, the bottom point of that movie i like that movie a lot but i don't like that part it just feels like i'm watching a different movie for like five minutes ah see that's where i disagree because i think the point is that you need to be watching a different movie for that five minutes yeah, um, i could see that argument because that's but that's that's the romantic comedy part yeah. and then you get smacked with the reality yeah. um and then my final three we've talked about Paul Racy as Joe in Sound of Metal, Daniel Kaluuya as Fred Hampton, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr. as Sam Cooke, One Night in Miami. So here's the thing. I should have picked Paul Racy, but I was like, but if he's in this category, you got to give it to Daniel Kaluuya, which is what the Oscars did. So that is who my winner is. But I am willing to vote uh, elsewhere. Uh, Chad, who's your yeah. winner? I'll uh I'll go ahead and go with Chadwick Boseman as Storm and Norman into Five Bloods for my pick. Okay, Cody, can I make a deal with you? Okay, I did not nominate Paul Racy. Uh huh. Paul Racy should win for one of us. Yeah. If you, you change your vote to Paul Racy, I will vote for Daniel Kaluuya. Okay. Kaluuya. Sounds good. I'm voting okay, cool. for Paul Racy. Cool. And then, then I'm voting for Daniel Kaluuya. So, Otherwise, I would have voted for Paul Racy and would have made you even matter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so based on the previously uh, established rule, I have to choose between Paul Racy and Daniel Kaluuya. I think so. It's one yeah. of those things where I kind of wish the Oscars had nominated Chadwick for supporting, but they wanted to yeah. give him. It was... God, there were so many people trying to manufacture moments of us feeling poignancy around him dying. And mm -hmm. I think pushing for him so much in Best Actor and not even bothering for Best Supporting. Because for the reasons you said, Chad, Defy Bloods is the performance to kind of nominate. In it's like, it's a legacy performance because it's like about a man's legacy. Uh, yeah, like, I, I I think it's I think he's great in Ma Rainey, which we'll talk about. But sure, I I didn't really put together what you had talked about before. But the legacy of someone who's gone too soon, like that, mm. should have. I think yeah, the there's thing just is, a connective like, tissue. Died that a, after I saw that movie. Yeah, it's so truly a performance that, that, that's like better with the meta narrative around exactly, the performance. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he, the and fact I think he was if I had he was seen doing it that afterwards. He was doing that role mm -hmm. knowing he was on borrowed time too. Right, so like to right, him, right. he probably had an awareness of that meta narrative as he was doing. Can it. I um, ask? No can I ask you guys a question about Ma Rainey? That is a spoiler for Ma Rainey. I have yeah. truly forgotten uh, how that movie ends. Uh, <laughs> does he get shot at the end of that movie? Is that how like the movie ends? Here's the thing. I don't somebody. remember how it ends. No, he stabs he a guy, somebody. but I kind of don't remember what happens after that. That's COVID brain. Um, truly. <laughs> um, I do think he ends at the end. He dies at the end of that movie. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. 
But and the I, whole idea is he's a big talent, all that kind of stuff. Both of them kind of work, but yeah, I think if I if I had seen Defy Bloods after he had died, it would have hit me in that particular way. Yeah. Um, but upon we're a be rewatch, like the Oscars I, and just I'll be a move mess watching it. that. Um, right. Uh, so, so of my sad. of my two options, I am going to choose Paul Racy. I think that performance. I think is that's incredible. I think that's. Uh, I think that's the right call. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chadwick does not die in Ma Rainey. He kills yeah, someone. I didn't think so. Right. And then, and then, he, then I think it, it just stays cradling. on him crying. Yeah. And then it that's cuts right, to a white guy right. performing his song. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Which is, which is a, a good ending. Death. That's a good ending. Yeah, that's no, a great ending. Good I didn't ending. love that movie, uh, but so that we, ending rules. So where are we lined up with the Oscars for this category? Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Racy, mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen. Where we didn't is Lakeith Stanfield, and I don't think it's uh, any shade to Lakeith. I think it is. We oh, just were that against the category fraud of that one. Um, so, so the next category is Best Supporting Actress. Um, I can't remember who started last time. That was a long category. Chad, oh, you go next. Okay, go first. Sure, I'll go first. Um, my first supporting actress is Tony Collette as mother, and I'm thinking of ending things. Um, similar to the father, no, that's Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, not Jennifer Lawrence, not the movie Mother. Hey, um, you know what's so fucked up? We've been doing this podcast long enough that I do think we talked about Mother at the first Pickies because I that think was 2017, we did. and that was wow. a lifetime ago. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But no, Tony Collette is I, having. I, I just I sat for a second. Hold, on. I'll let you talk yeah, about no, Tony Collette. But I sat for a minute today and was like, "Oh, because of course in our group chat we were talking about Star Wars again, and specifically it was Laura Dern today." I was like, "Oh, right." At one of the pickies, Laura Dern got a Best Supporting Actress nomination for Star Wars: The Last Jedi, and that is how long we've been doing this show. Yeah, I, that was not the first pickies. That was the second annual pickies. <laughs> No, that was you're right. That was no. the second. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. the movie second. came out in 2017. We it came out in 2017. We did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when that hit me, I was like, "All right." Yeah. Um, Time okay. just so keeps on moving, better. which is what keeps I'm thinking better. of ending things is kind of about in a lot of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. So Tony Collette, you watch like her entire uh, like relationship with her son, like play out through time. Um, in various different scenes, different ages. She sells them all so well. She's so freaking weird in this movie. It's one of those big performances that mm-hmm. oftentimes I'll like, you know, roll my eyes at the Academy for like, oh, oh, is it best acting or is it most acting? You know, that that kind of sure. mentality. But it's just mm-hmm. so good here. It is best acting. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, Yoon Yoo Chung uh, as Sunja in Minari. Um, just every single... Um, scene between her and the grandson the boy is mm-hmm. they're just electric off of each other they're incredible and she just has this like fun energy she brings to the role um really really solid performance um i have marissa tomei as margie in the king of staten island i forgot i nominated her uh but it is honestly mostly because this has been a difficult category to fill she's great mm. she, she's funny yeah uh she and bill burr play that whole like dating later in your life uh storyline really well second marriage dating yeah exactly it's Mm. just whenever bill burr shows up on this isn't about marissa tomei anymore so bill burr and this is about the costume design and not the performances but when he shows up 
uh, their first date with like his nice shirt on and it's just like a golf shirt i was like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's dad dating at its best love it so much yeah um maria bakalova as uh tutar i don't remember how you say sogdiev sogdiev okay uh borat's mm-hmm. daughter uh in borat yeah. subsequent movie film um she oh, full title please i will not say the title because I, I don't know the full down. title <laughs> um she was able to convince the people around her she was another person while also like communicating things to the audience behind the camera in what is like one of the most impressive feats i've ever seen the way like the the way she genuinely has this connection with this woman who borat like hired mm-hmm. to like watch after her and i'm like genuinely mm-hmm. touched by this woman's like grace and uh yeah <laughs> kindness that she shows to and to tudar go ahead and not only like fooling the people around her and mm-hmm. being emotional to us but also like guiding some scenes where it's like she has yeah. to make sure that a scene goes a certain way while also performing i mean on two separate levels think is, about is yeah, really... the rudy giuliani scene is like yeah to a t that had to go a certain way she had to like beat him and it like worked depending on who you ask um that no nah, it worked that scene <laughs> might be one of the most interesting scenes of the entire year if we were yeah if we did scenes of the year i think like it's hard to argue against that being at least in the top five yeah it would definitely yeah. get a nomination yeah and then lastly i have olivia coleman as Anne in the father um there were a couple of movies that came out this year about dementia the first one was the not the ritual it was a horror movie I don't, I don't remember what it was. No, I didn't see it. It wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, the Relic. The Relic. That's it. The, the, the people at home will not realize how impressive that is. I did not pick up my phone or go to the computer. That was Cody's <laughs> brain cells just brought that back. I didn't see it. It's yeah. solely coming from my memory of you watching it yeah. and telling us about it. Um, anyway. It's fine. Genius. But The Father is just the superior film about dementia. And I think at the heart of that is the chemistry between Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman as uh, father and daughter and the intimacy and like that they can still share with each other, even though like he's slipping away, like the part of him that loves his daughter is still there. Mm-hmm. And that comes through in, yeah. in both of their performances. And she still loves him, even though like she only sees like little glimpses of who he used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all in those two performances. And Olivia Coleman is equal part in that as Anthony Hopkins is. So, so I'll, I'll go with my nominees. I nominated yeah. Olivia Cook as Lou for Sound of Metal. I think this is a really like secretly complicated performance <laughs> where yeah. she yeah. Is, is kind of playing... Um, you know, a girlfriend who is like supportive up to a point, but she is not really realizing what he is going through. And you see her living this kind of like nomadic lifestyle with the band and the heavy metal and that sort of thing. And then to me, like what unlocks her performance is halfway through when they go to France and you realize that she's a fucking rich kid and like has and been the whole time. You, I, I did not nominate her, but rewatched the movie after I 
locked in all of these nominations mm-hmm. and you can her face looks different there is like a layer of stress yes. that is no longer on it when they're mm-hmm. in france yes oh yeah she has completely like changed and it's like a subtle change too she's completely changed her whole outlook on what their relationship is going to be and that sort of thing i think olivia cook is a star she was great you know oh, yeah. me and her on the dying girl um thoroughbreds, thoroughbreds. she's now mm-hmm. going to be in the game of thrones prequel which she was her- in an x-men movie right no Mm-mm. i don't think no. so she is not in new mutants no no, that's no. Anya Taylor Joy. That's, that's the, the other, other thoroughbred. Thoroughbred, yeah. <laughs> I don't think she's she's an Ender's Game. Maybe I don't think she's done a. Oh, look t- it up. No, Ready Player oh. One. She's the girl on Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One. She's the girl who's like super ugly because she's got like the sexiest yeah, and no. coolest looking um, birthmark ever. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, but but she's she's gonna be in the new Game of Thrones show, and her and Matt Smith are what makes me be like, oh, okay, fine. You got me again. Uh, then I have Allison Janney as Pam Gluckin in Bad Education. Allison Janney, I'm never going to say no to her. Uh, the thing is, probably one of her least favorite performances of mine is the one she won the Oscar for. Um, and Which I still think that? that's a fairly good performance. The, I, Tanya. Um, I, Tanya. I just think oh, it's, it's slightly more over the top than yeah. she typically is. Um, and I think she's so good here as the person who is like, in over her head she's part of the scandal i'm sure. never going to be mad at her um i also nominated maria uh bakalova as tutar sagdiev um at for the same reasons chad said the just brilliance of having to play that stuff in, a, in the moment is, is she's a star i i'll be interested to see where she goes um then i nominated um um yun yu jong as sunja and minari um I agree with Chad. Great grandmother performance. Great chemistry with the kid. I was watching it the whole time being like, this is the performance everybody is raving about for a lot of it. Because I was like, she's a fun grandma. I don't know. And then something happens at the end where I was like, oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, oh. It's more complex than I thought. And she yeah. has multiple things to play with. Uh, and then my final is Amanda Seyfried as Marion Davies in Mank. Um, Mank is a movie that I think I admire more than I like fully love, but I think Amanda Seyfried is so good in it and is so good at kind of like livening up some of the moments. And I kind of think she's good most of the time. Maybe should have gotten a Best Supporting Actress nomination for Mean Girls, and I don't mean that as a bit. That character she plays in that movie is wildly like okay. good and let's, specific. Let's not get carried away. No, come okay. on. No, it's good. It's good. I'm not saying like Lindsay Lohan should have, but that performance of just playing the dumb girl, but in a like n- unusual way is really good. Anyway, mm. uh, but Marion Davis is good. And hey, she gets more to do than she did in Twin Peaks season three, which means she did more than just stare up in the sky once. What? Um, she was so good well, in that's- Twin Peaks the returns there was that scene between between her and caleb Landry jones mark, go mark where they go. were dealing yeah, with sorry, the that... abusive relationship it was yeah, so we don't care. good that was a not a movie so we're gonna move <laughs> on um just gonna mention that for fun tweet me um i i agree with three of y'all's nominations and honestly agree with all 10 of y'all's nominations mm-hmm. uh the one that we overlap or the three that we overlap with is is you Eugen, and uh as yeah, in Minari, just a great uh, grandmother performance that is just just fantastic. I think that 
her relationship with um the the young boy is is kind of the the thing about that movie that really got me yeah um amanda seafried as marion davis and mank she really has that like uh early talkies kind of energy yeah uh, and it's it's just great uh, olivia coleman as Anne and the father um you know like you were saying it's it's all those two performances and the way that it plays with time where sometimes she is in the early days of the dementia, sometimes yeah. you're in the late days of the, the dementia, and you can see all of the layers of her, and you can see her be exhausted by her, her father, mm-hmm. but still loves him yeah. mm-hmm. and is sacrificing everything and deeply pained when he just disregards her and turns her love away. Yep. Um, it's it's amazing. I also nominated Dominique Fishback as Deborah Deborah Johnson and Judas and the Black Messiah, um, Fred Hampton's wife. The the early scenes of them getting to know each other, and then the later scenes of her um, meeting him after he leaves prison are just so emotional and really kind of one of one of the hearts of of that movie that can can could have felt like like a historic. You know, like, here's just the story of Fred Hampton. But I think he really, she really humanizes him in a way. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. Like, so she is good. I completely agree with you. The performance is good. However, and this is one of the tricky things, too, because I think Kaluuya is so good. But there still is a bit of a miscasting somewhere. Because finding out that Fred Hampton's supposed to be 21, and then you have Daniel Kaluuya playing him, it's like, wowzer, he is definitely way too old. And But she feels age-appropriate for what Fred Hampton would have been. So when they had those mm. early scenes, I was like, oh, this mm. is cool, but is this meant to be a weird age dynamic relationship which oh, it's not yeah but i kind of got distracted by that because of the casting but it's like but both of the performances are good so i don't know but it is like daniel kaluuya is like a full decade plus older than the character he's supposed to be playing which is not the first time that's happened but yeah you know um uh was that all my nominations oh no i also no. nominated candace bergen as roberta and let them all talk um Chad, did you still let them all talk no, I never did. Not to not to like flame you for not watching that movie. It's not my intention. Yeah, I would have just, just gone didn't... under the radar, but you had to point that I, out. But, I cool. I just don't. Nah, I, we I, gotta dunk his ass. Uh, I call him Dunkaroo, and, bitch. I will be more careful to not spoil that movie, but okay. the nah, yes. don't worry about it. Well, I don't know. No, don't don't spoil is, it. Is it's just kind of uh about her relationship with the Meryl Streep character. Mm. And I think that you see most of it from her side and how their relationship, she, I, she feels slighted by the, their relationship history. Yep. And and she is not petty, but like it, it does feel like old friends that are mad mm-hmm. at each other, that are not going to be mad at each other, but are not going to talk about the issues or address anything. But they are both, hurt by the fact that the relationship is not what they it should be just a really great performance from her and, and that sounds uh, good as a, hell a I, I should watch that movie huh it's a it's a pretty good movie it's about a boat um mark what's your winner um Who's your my winner? winner is i want to say olivia coleman because she does not get mm. enough awards mm, she okay. got one last year i was hoping or two years okay. ago yeah and, and also the emmys it was a joke oh okay. <laughs> yeah she wins all the time gotcha um 
Chad, who is your winner? Uh, Maria Bakalova, Borat subsequent movie film. All right. And then my winner is Yoon Yoon Jong in Minari. Those are literally um, my top three. So this is hard. <laughs> so I was hoping one of you guys would pick the father so I could argue against this nomination. I love Olivia Coleman and I do think she's good in it. I don't think it works unless you, I, I think this should be a joint nomination for Olivia Coleman and Olivia Williams. I think it requires both <laughs> characters for the performance oh, to work as well it does, as huh. it does. And they both play because Olivia Williams is sometimes playing Anne. Only like you know one maybe two scenes a couple times a couple, a couple times, times. Yeah. um but but I think the performance you need both of them to work same with the two men you need yeah. both of those men for it to like work it, it's um, not degrading what she did but it's like I so I here's the deal um I'm willing to wave my uh nomination from a a a prank movie hidden camera prank movie and uh back up one of your two nominations the thing is i'm not against maria being our overall she's, winner either because of the so skill good. piece then then let's do this but 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 i will say yun yun jing i fucked that up yun yu jung is um the one that all three of us nominated. Yeah, I was going to say and that I, I, I would be happy to. I, that is who I was going to jump over to as Union Drum. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right. And so where we lined up with the Academy was Olivia Coleman, Maria Bakalova, Union Jung, Amanda Seyfried, where we didn't is Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy. A movie that none, none of us, of us yeah, saw. I did, I did not watch that, and nor will no I. No need. Um, uh, Cody. Now, if you tell me she does the bud in it. If she does the butt, <laughs> you you best believe I'm watching. I mean, I've already seen um, her do the butt. Yeah, I don't need to see her do the butt. But I'd like to see her do the butt in like overalls or whatever it is that Ron Howard she thinks redneck. She does the butt as she's talking about like in life there are good terminators, bad terminators, oh and neutral gosh. terminators. I totally forgot. Oh my gosh, so uh -huh. dumb. Cody, Did you guys ever meet a neutral uh, terminator? Uh, once, uh, Cody. Um, <laughs> for best actress, who do you got in a for leading role? In a leading role in a motion picture yeah. for 2020, I have Kristen Milioti as Sarah in Palm Springs. I love Palm Springs. I think her performance is what grounds the movie. I think Andy Samberg's like really good in the movie, but he is mm -hmm. still kind of allowed to be silly. She, we see it through her perspective. We see her panic. We see her betrayal. Yeah. We see her because he's already at peace, feeling with it. bad it's about like, herself. Yeah, she's yeah, an audience exactly. surrogate. She, yeah. I, yeah, I think she's so great. Um, then I have Evan Rachel Wood as Old Dolio and Cajillionaire. You guys didn't watch this movie. Um, yeah, never got around to it. Sorry. Nah, that's good. You, you should make time. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think you will like it. Um, but, you know, time and COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But this performance is one of those things where you see her pop up on the screen and she started doing a voice. And the minute the, sh the movie started, I was like, oh, fuck, God, this is going to not be good. And then I'm instantly like, into it like the thing is like she makes a strong choice in the beginning and you're like okay i know evan rachel wood of being like in westworld the literal like 
representation of perfection robot like you know that that's what she is in that show uh and becomes more complicated and stuff as she goes obviously that show i like more than most people um but this is a way different performance it's it's not a vain performance it's very like stripped down and she's playing somebody just on the edge of society who kind of is finding a link um through friendship um and i don't know it's so good it's a good performance um elizabeth moss as cecilia cass invisible woman elizabeth moss i think has popped up basically at the past three or four pickies she's um, good in everything she's she incredible she's really good in horror movies and her kind of panic trying to make people believe her uh is great carrie mulligan as cassandra and promising young woman again a dynamite performance and the reason why promising young woman works so well in my opinion um is just her commitment to it um and then jesse buckley as young woman and i'm thinking of ending things this is a role that i feel like could be really hard as kind of the just like oh what the fuck is going on is kind of her role in the movie to some degree um but jesse buckley rules i have thought she was great since i uh Saw her for the first time at the film festival that Mark invited me to. Was that Wild uh, Rose? A couple years ago. Wild, Wild Rose. Rose. She's yeah. so good in that movie and she continues to be great. Um, so yeah, that those are my nominees. Um, yeah. My winner is um, Elizabeth Moss for The Invisible Woman. Gotta recognize some horror actors. You gotta you know, recognize some can. horror actors. Uh, Mark, why don't you go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Uh, my first nomination is for Sydney Flanagan as Autumn Callahan and Never Really, Sometimes Always, a movie that um, is truly just relies on her performance. And sh- this is she's a first time actress, so mm. it's extra impressive. But it's just about her as a pregnant teen uh, venturing. To Philadelphia, or do they go to New York? I think it's New York. Um, I think they go to New York. Yeah, but they like make an overnight trip to New York for an abortion, mm-hmm. so that her abusive dad and her abusive boyfriend never find out about her pregnancy, and all of her emotion and all of the trauma she's been through in her life is on her face, um, and all of the bravery she has for mm-hmm. continuing to go through and. The, the choices she makes it's a largely wordless performance too yeah like, she's she, very uh, quiet yeah very quiet um but but it's it's just her the way she carries herself and the the timidness she has um and there's a scene that's just a close-up on her face as she takes like a a quiz at the pregnancy center that i might never ever forget mm-hmm. um the rest of my nominations a little bit faster viola davis is ma rainey and ma rainey's black bottom um, a great performance as the titular Ma Rainey, Cody made a f- body movement like he disagreed with that, which I think I can see. No, I was dancing. Oh, okay. I don't know, but I was. I, well, it's because I got in my head, like, what if Glenn Close remade it and it was called Glenn Close's Debut? <laughs> that is what I was thinking about. I did it. I was debating that about whether saying it. That is good. That is I'm glad you said about. it. Um, she's Viola is great. She escapes into the into the performance, which I think is has a lot to do with the uh, costume and makeup as well. But it's she's fantastic. Yeah, also, she's Elizabeth Moss, Cody. I feel like we've already talked about Invisible mm-hmm. Man. Carrie Mulligan. I mean, both of these performances are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Frances McDormand as Fern in Nomadland. 
Um, she carries a lot of that movie on her shoulders. Whoa, whoa, Mark, well. Mark, 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 Mark. She's not Fern, she's Fran. <laughs> you yeah. remember at the ceremony? Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, she, she Chloe, it's I mean, such a weird every, moment. Well, basically everyone in that movie is named after themselves. Well, I know, but it was so weird because Chloe Zhao was like, and now here's our Fern. And she was like, no, I'm Fran. And it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. It was a very weird was, moment. But It was a weird, weird moment for sure. Yeah, um, but Francis and then she held like a wolf energy, which was yes, like a reference. The sound guy, to, yeah, yeah. The sound the guy, sound guy his nickname was the Wolf or something. Right. His middle name was like Wolfhard or something like that. Um, um but it was Finn Wolfhard. No, Chad. it wasn't. It <laughs> wasn't Finn Wolfhard. Wolfhard. No, we should not joke about. But a dead she's man. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to derail. She is good. Um, yes. Um, I mean, she won the Oscar. Yeah, and uh, I use all a lot of time talking about never really, sometimes always, because it will not come up again. Right, um, <laughs> it will never come up again. Four, she has four Oscars. She has more Oscars would. than Meryl Streep, but the same amount of acting Oscars because she was producer on Nomadland, so she got okay, four. gotcha. That's why, like how Brad Pitt has two, right. um, but only one for acting. Okay, Chad, sorry. Um, so my picks are, uh, I, firstly, I agree with Francis McDormand as Fern in Nomadland. Mm -hmm. Um, I think all five of these picks are movies that without this actress in the leading role, they kind of start to fall apart. Um, Mm -hmm. so second is Jesse Buckley as young woman. And I'm thinking of ending things, same deal, like we needed this we needed both jesse's to be uh at peak mm-hmm. performance and they both delivered uh buckley and plemons um carrie mulligan is cassandra and promising young woman um you are with her the whole movie and just mm-hmm. her like tiredness with the world being as evil as it is just really comes through in her performance and she also has fun with it and that's fun she's lady joker and Last year I went to Guy Joker and we're giving it to Lady Joker this year. Maybe we'll no. see. I said maybe well, we'll see. I mean, but Cuella, like, are we gonna do three years in a row of Jokers? As long as we sandwich it out at the end and do another fella Joker after the two. Uh, ladies. All right, all right. Well, we should have done a Harley Quinn for this year and next year as well, since we're getting two Harley Quinns in a row. Let's do like a dude um, Harley Quinn in twenty twenty one. Who is dude Harley Quinn? Be thinking about Loki that, and I'll go through Loki it. Loki is kind of dude Harley Quinn. Loki That's is, not a horrible yeah. call. Tom Hiddleston is as a male Harley Quinn. Ah, uh, it's good. DC, okay, give me a call. Um, Elizabeth Moss as Cecilia Cass in The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a movie that just totally follows her point of view, and she delivers. Um, she... So the movie kind of wants you to wonder, like, is she crazy or Mm -hmm. is this invisible man real for probably up until about the halfway point in the movie? And she totally delivers on that. Like, you want to believe her so bad, but maybe she's maybe she's crazy. crazy. And then obviously the the invisible man's real. Obviously she's not. Um, so uh, real quick on those two that mm-hmm. you just said, I yeah. wanted to point out and I forgot to on mine for Elizabeth Moss and Carrie Mulligan. Mm-hmm. Both of them are performances where you actually have the characters act as well. 
so like you you have uh cassandra in promising young yeah. woman kind of act drunk and then it's the reveal and then mm-hmm. you know she messes with the guys but then it's the ending of invisible man which works so well because you have her sell the moment of like she has fully gone back to the guy there's so i just that, think that's interesting and then it's, there's like the fake out suicide scene where she ends mm-hmm. up like attacking the invisible man um, i need to rewatch that movie there's I a couple it, of like, moments in there ago. Yeah, that that feels like a movie that will be incredible to watch with people for the first time uh, because of that restaurant mm, scene. Yeah. Absolutely, you, it's it's call. like in uh, uh, Burn After Reading where you're just kind of glancing over and not saying anything and just waiting to for the room to react to. Or it's the, the Friday the Thirteenth boat scene. Sure. Um, or it's it's the snap. The snap. Or it's yeah. the snap. Yeah, um, or it's the Thanos head chopped off. I think the Thanos head chop off is almost more shocking. Than oh, it's snap. it's pretty shocking because you're kind of just like, where do we go from here? Anyway, um, we're talking about Endgame again. Speaking of Avengers, it's been two years now. The name of this podcast should be "We're Talking About Endgame Again." <laughs> and your final nomination, Chad, uh, is Julia Garner as Jane in The Assistant. Again, this is a movie that totally follows her point of view. And her misery and the mundaneness of the mm-hmm. evil environment she's wrapped up in as a Hollywood assistant for a Harvey Weinstein type, uh, maybe a Scott Rudin type too. Um, yep. And lots of types. Totally, she just totally sells it in this understated performance that the movie does not work without. The whole movie is like understated in a way. Like it's not necessarily subtle i think if you're on your phone you could walk away from the movie and think oh nothing happened but like if you're engaged it's not like subtle subtle but it is like i disagree i was engaged in (laughs) but i i think that there is not much that would cause you concern if you weren't already concerned because she's concerned right like you know immediately that she's been through a lot of this job and that everything you see is like another needle yeah. on the camel's back. Yeah. Hey, straw on the camel's back. Straw you get the, the a needle in a haystack on the camel's back. back. Yes. So, Chad, who is your winner? Probably Julia Garner as Jane and the assistant. Okay, and Mark. Um, Cody, who was your winner? My winner is Elizabeth Moss and the Invisible Woman. Um, what if I say Sydney Flanagan as Autumn Callahan? I'm gonna be so annoyed because you guys both pick movies that I don't like that much. I mean, I'm gonna vote for Elizabeth Moss because it's the okay. one that we all nominated. Yeah, that's the one we sure. all nominated. Okay, that's and fine. she rules. All right, so yeah, fine. Elizabeth Moss, uh, the Scientologist, uh, wins. Yeah, it's fine. I feel like we gave her stuff last year too. Um, I can't get enough of these Scientologists. Tom Cruise, I'll see every single movie. Hey, Mission Impossible 7, let's fucking go, baby. Um, who else is a Scientologist? That, I, feel bad, I feel bad we didn't give it to Heck. Terry Mulligan, who I kind of thought should have won the Oscar. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, where well, we, we lined gave it up to with... someone who wasn't even nominated for an Oscar, so exactly. it's true. So where we lined out. up with the Oscars, uh, Viola Davis, Francis McDormand, Carrie Mulligan, where we didn't is Andrew Day, and Vanessa Kirby and that's on not watching movies where we hear that the main actress is really good but the movies themselves are not (laughs) Um, which are things that I heard about both of those particular movies and I was like you know what 
I bet their performances are great, but I'm not going to watch those movies because I hear they're bad. Um, all right. Now it is time for the best actor in a motion picture. Let's start with Chad. Okay. Oh, God. Um, oh, it's fine. <laughs> are you saying, oh, God, because Pete Davidson is nominated in this category? No, he is good in the movie, but yeah, it is yeah. wild. He's in the top five. But anyway. It's probably wild, and I'm probably wrong. And I'm looking at some of it's... your other options here, and I'm thinking, yeah, I was wrong. But <laughs> I think uh, it's a weak category. He's very good in The King of Staten Island, Pete Davidson is. It's kind of autobiographical. I think he and Jed Apatow wrote it together with a third writer. Yes. And uh, so it's very personal to him. And that comes through in his performance as well. Because um, his dad was a first responder who died. Did his dad die in 9-11? Or am I yes, his dad died in 9-11. Okay. Yes, yeah. he did. Um, but he's very good to be like, to play that guy that you kind of recognize who has is should be dealing with a lot of grief, but is choosing not to. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of little details in there that really like bring that home and really sell it. Um, like lo making little jokes about like the um, the 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 antidepressant medication he's on, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, then we have Riz Ahmed as Ruben in The Sound of Metal. I think we all three nominated him um mm -hmm. yeah i mean just wow i'll let you guys talk about him later too because right, it's just yeah. jaw-dropping um another jaw-dropping performance is anthony hopkins as anthony in the father um mm -hmm. and yeah he plays this character like it's not just sad it's also like quite funny in some places um mm -hmm. there's a moment early on in the movie where he talks about like uh, his daughter is moving to Paris and then his daughter's husband is like Paris where'd you get that idea and he was like oops did I misspeak it's just it's just funny yeah, and Anthony yeah. Anthony Hopkins is funny and he's also very sad the the final scene where he's sobbing um, made me sob so that mm. felt like it just immediately mm, yep. deserved an acting nom um what else we got Jesse Plemons as Jake and I'm thinking of ending things um like I said before, both Jesse's are just banging on all cylinders. They are incredible. Um, Jesse Plemons is one of the greatest living actors, I'm convinced. He He's pretty fucking good. Is not over the top. He's not a Joaquin Phoenix type. He is like this reserved, often hilarious, um, but as this movie shows, can also just be like this understated, raw, like, had the, he can have this profound sadness behind him too and and also yeah. this like i think there's a decent chance he gets an oscar nomination in 2022 so that's good because he's um, in the scorsese movie oh he's in the the flower moon yep, movie killers uh killers of the flower moon yep Ooh, i'm excited about yeah. that I we'll forgot, see I there, like that. I, I i talked to you guys today there's so much fucking big shit coming out this year because <laughs> everything got pushed so everything's actually going to be harder to like predict than normal because everything will be against each other but he and might then, and then lastly know? I have Ben Affleck as Jack Cunningham in The Way Back realistically this is probably more of a casting um, award because yeah. he's just like perfectly cast to play this like sad sack alcoholic depressed guy um, not sure why He's perfect for that, but <laughs> he is. And uh, the performance is great. He brings just this life to it that's awesome. And the movie was way better than it was advertised as. I thought it was going to be a cheesy, like, 
almost not quite Disney Channel original movie cheesy sports movie, but something in that. No, it's real. And it wasn't that at all. It was, it made choices that I was like impressed with that I wasn't expecting. So, yeah. You guys need to watch Mayor of Easttown. Uh, I do need to watch the writer. It's it's so fucking good. I didn't know. I didn't realize it was from the same writer, and that sold me even more. So I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna. It it touches on a lot of the similar things where it's like it's a small town where everybody knows each other, Mm. uh, which I think is a but there's a murder piece of that movie. Yes. Cool. Um, Kate Winslet is a detective. It's great. Um. Uh, So my nominations. Okay. Sure. Cody, you go. (laughs) Yeah. Um. my nominations are Stephen Yoon as Jacob and Minari. Stephen Yoon has been incredible forever. Um, it is insane that he, to us, started out as a pizza guy in a, a zombie show, and now like is and getting Oscar nominations. They just disrespected him when they removed yeah, him from that bad. show. Too it was bad. It was bad. But I, I think he's going to be a star. I mean, he's already a star, but I think he's going to be somebody who sticks around um, for a while because he is so good. And I think he gives such a great lived in performance as Jacob. Uh, Hugh Jackman as Frank Tassone in Bad Education. Kind of sucks that this went to HBO before they instituted the it's okay if things go to streaming Oscar rules. um, (laughs) Because I legitimately think this is Hugh Jackman's best performance. He is is doing the kind of um, charming element of Hugh Jackman that we know so well, but is also playing like a very like dark... um, kind of like sleazy guy um Riz Ahmed as Ruben is absolutely incredible as a guy who's like going through it and who is like a little bit wiry and like stressed um and he learned ASL for it it's great Chadwick Boseman as Levy Green and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Chadwick we've kind of already talked about with Defy Bloods and we kind of talked about this performance um when we did but he he really like brings you in and it's a good like big performance, but he's like charming the pants off of you and you really like get invested in that character and you know, his, his um, philosophies. Uh, Anthony Hopkins as Anthony and the father, again, all the reasons that Chad said, I have a grandfather who is um, dealing with Alzheimer's and I'm seeing it mostly through the perspective of my mother um, because she is there on kind of a day-to-day basis, not day-to-day, not in the way that they are here, but she is, she sees him a lot. Um, and so just hearing her talk about things and the times that I have interacted with him, the moments of where like Hopkins gets like caught on the one joke that he doesn't let go is something that I've definitely noticed with Alzheimer um, people. Cause I also have a great uncle who does it too, but they they'll say one joke and you'll laugh at it and they just kind of won't let it go. And, and Anthony does this with the like, uh, they don't even speak English there about France. And it's right. kind of a laugh line the first time you say it. And by the f- like 10th time he said it, everybody in the room's really sad. And then the moments of like panic. And I, I think it's like a God tier performance. And Anthony Hopkins is always good. And I think this is the best he's ever been. Uh, honestly, um, I'm saying that a lot, but I do. Yeah, believe no, it. I can so. totally, I haven't seen a lot of his really early stuff. Um, but I can I can see that here. I mean, he's great in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, the other movie he won an Oscar for. No arguing um, that. Yeah. But 
he's great in Westworld, but there are often times where he just shows up and is Anthony Hopkins and that's enough. But that this was not one of those. He yeah. worked his ass off. He really one. brought it here. Yeah. Um, I all of my nominations are repeats of your you guys um, with starting with Anthony Hopkins. I mm-hmm. don't know what else there is to say about right. that. Um, it just really goes through every possible um, uh, phase of himself. Every mm-hmm. every you know aspect of his personality kind of comes out there. Um, Riz Ahmed is is truly amazing as an addict, a recovering addict who is you know put kind of his brain goes back to that type mm-hmm. of thinking when he um, gets traumatic news. And uh, just him in that deaf community is is really touching, and mm-hmm. I love it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons in I'm thinking of ending things, of course, kind of just guiding you through a very um, confusing uh, series of events. Chadwick as someone with just like fire underneath him, who's mm-hmm. ready to change the world in a world that's not ready to be changed. And then Ben Affleck as someone who's just like worn down um, and trying to be a, a better person. Um, I, ben Affleck going on would there. probably be my winner if they had a scene where he went to Duncan and got like 16 cups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish that there was a scene where he was trying to carry like 15 basketballs to practice. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> stacked on top of each other. Yeah. So, um, Mark, who's my your winner? winner is Riz Ahmed. Okay. And Chad, this is hard. It's very hard. I, it's between Riz Ahmed and Anthony Hopkins. Um, I know. Yeah, they're very close for me as well. Yeah, I'm gonna say Riz Ahmed just because Anthony Hopkins already has the Oscar. We'll give Riz Ahmed the picky. So I I want it to be said that I in advance wrote down all my winners on the sheet that I am doing, and I also had written down Riz Ahmed. Um, in that so, case, I switched my vote to Anthony Hopkins, but well, Riz Ahmed I already wins. wrote it. No, I already wrote it down. Anthony Hopkins <laughs> needs needs a win here. Um, I think it should be non-unanimous. The... I, I know he won the Oscar. Okay. I'll, he just I, he just needs a shout out. Thank you. Here's the thing. I want everybody to stop being mad at Anthony Hopkins specifically because uh, it, most of the people mad yeah. haven't seen The Father and thought it was yeah. like The Wife, which The Wife isn't even that bad of a movie, but they thought it was like a The Wife and is kind of like just a boring kind of movie and guys watch The Father. It's it is like so good. It'll change it's so life. good. Anthony Hopkins, the, the problem is how it was presented more than it is on Anthony winning. Here's the other problem. Oscar shouldn't happen in the fucking end of April because that is part of what (laughs) happened is Chadwick had won every single award up until that point. So everybody was like, oh, but everybody else is voting for him. And then they circled Anthony Hopkins is pretty fucking good. So um and he like so i think we, it's a deserved oscar genuinely it just I sucks that it'll, it'll it always be thought of as the at expense of yeah. yes it sucks um, that it's at the expense of chadwick i think won. that uh category fraud, fraud is to blame i think chadwick could have won easier for the five bloods i agree yeah, I, think so I think chadwick would have beaten daniel 
in I'm a very happy Daniel Kaluuya one. Me too, but I mm-hmm. also kind of think Daniel should have been in lead. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's it's all kinds of all over the place. But where we lined up is Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Stephen Yoon, and where we didn't was Gary Oldman. He's too fucking old to be playing that character. It didn't work. He's also, um, I've seen him play people in process. Yeah, he's like fine in that movie, but he's <laughs> way too fucking old and it's fine. Hey, also, uh, I think Mank is the first Best Picture nominee that I watched this year, which was easily six months ago. Fascinating. Wow. It was What's the it? last one I watched this year because no. I watched it. I finished it 20 minutes before the Oscar ceremony. Trial wow. of Chicago 7 was uh, first, Mark. Oh, was it? Okay. Well, yeah, still. I, think, I rewatched um, Trial and I didn't rewatch Mank. Hey, Mark, who, who are yeah. your picks for the best director of 2020? So my picks for best director are all movies we've talked about yep. on end, starting with Florian Zeller for The Father. Um, I don't even know if I have to say anything else about any of these directors. Uh, nah. Chloe, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Charlie Kaufman from Thinking of Ending Things. Darius Martyr for Sound of Metal and Shaka King for Judas and the Black Messiah. I think Shaka King is the only person whose name we have not said. So, right. Shaka King. Um, I'll go next. I did Darius Martyr for Sound of Metal as well. Um, again, I, just the directorial choices of like the the implants he has and the sound, yes. like us hearing the sound mm-hmm. of that and the way silence is used in the movie. Like he led all of those choices and i think that's great charlie kaufman for i'm thinking of ending things i'm somebody who's sometimes mixed on kaufman and he really got me into his headspace chloe Zhao for nomad land great um florian zeller this is the one i have to yell about for a second this is why the father so fucking good is he had a very specific vision he directed like this was based on his play and this movie, do, even though it takes place in one room, kind of, um, it um, it doesn't feel stagey. Like, it does not feel yeah. like I'm watching a movie based on a play. And, like, the level of production design that puts you in the mm-hmm. headspace of Anthony Hopkins. Like, every time he turns, it, it the room the same but different like you know it's it's brilliant the cinematic vision he had the like um ma rainey's black bottom is another movie that's based on a play and there were like a couple scenes where i was like oh interesting i wonder if this is something added for the movie or if this was in the play but like most of the scenes i was like yeah this is that set that you know would have been on stage for the whole play i don't know what the father would have looked like as a play I, I can't comprehend it because part of what I adore about it so much is the visual. And there's so many like mm. silent visual moments too that I couldn't like think of for the play. So incredible. And then Lee Wanell for The Invisible Man. He he made like a like incredible horror movie that had me on the edge of my seat and it mm-hmm. is awesome. So yeah. Um Chad um, I also had Lee Whannell for The Invisible Man. I mean, yeah, he just directed the hell out of that horror movie. The, the scares good he built to are so good. But also just yeah. like, he's a director. He's only done two movies, well, three movies now. Um, three movies. Which I, I just learned he did in Insidious. But of the two original movies he's done, um, yeah. they both, I guess he can, des- he can hire a, a really good production designer because like, uh, upgrade they has like this good. really yeah. cool 
near future world that they live in the mm. the like costume and the concept behind the invisible man is so cool looking um and then all of the like action scenes involving the invisible man are shot so well um it's just a really cool vision for this movie that could have been just a throwaway uh universal dark universe monster movie and uh, it was a, a quick it wasn't a quick lee wanell uh rabbit trail um, I forgot sure. there's a fucking upgrade TV show coming. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man! So exciting! Any of the also is it a remake or, or a sequel? I don't know the answers to any of those questions. Okay, okay. but Lee Wanell is working on it. That's um, very exciting. Because mm. the ending of that movie sets up for yeah, more things to I happen. Kind in that of world. think that's what it's going to be. Um, I need to rewatch that movie. So good. Um, so good. But also, have you guys seen the first Saul? Yes. Yeah. He's in it, right? He is the guy. He's the one guy who's not Carrie Elwes. He's no the way. guy. He's the other guy in the room. Yes. And in Insidious, you know, the old lady has the camera crew that follows her around all the yes. time. He's Specs. He he's the guy with glasses. It's yeah. been a long time since I've seen Insidious, and most yeah. memories of Insidious are actually memories of Poltergeist because they're very similar movies. There's <laughs> the the devil guy. Um, the twist at the end that he's in, Patrick Wilson. I don't know. The Conjuring yeah. are better. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I liked Insidious uh, Chapter Two. It was fun, a fun sequel. Um. Okay. So the rest of my director noms. Um. The rest of these four, I think, did the best job of just having, um, a singular vision for this movie and just like executing on every single level to fulfill mm. that vision. And that is uh, Florian Zeller and the father and Cody touched on the idea of like, not just the script being so true to like the experiences, but like the set design and how every single piece, the casting, having multiple actors play the same characters to mm -hmm. you know, show that like, sometimes he doesn't recognize his own daughter and seeing that through his eyes brilliant such a cool vision for that movie really really like what he, what he did there um charlie kaufman and i'm thinking of ending things um again just he had a vision and i don't even know that i fully understand it um but uh it's it totally seeps you in this feeling of confusion and dread and it just doesn't let up and it's it's never it never feels Maybe there's one moment that feels a little uh, pretentious and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Self. Um, yeah, there's moments indulgent, self-indulgent. The, the dancing in the hallways is what I'm referring. Oh, to. I disagree. I think that's a perfect moment. There you go. Okay, so that is <laughs> yeah. just. I'm. Here's the thing. If I ever criticize this movie, I feel like I'm probably wrong, and I'll just immediately go. If you like it, sure. It, it's it, yeah. it's such a cool movie. Um, Darius Martyr and Sound of Metal. Cody talked about the sound design specifically. If we were doing a sound design picky, it'd be this one. It won. It won best sound, and yeah. it was one of the most yeah. deserving winners of that ever. I think it's probably. Yeah, I feel like us not having a best sound picky is because a we know nothing about sound, never have, right. and b it would be this in no other nominations. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, we don't do the technicals because we're too dumb. Truly, <laughs> like, I I think this is probably a stupid thing to say, but it's just what I'm feeling, so I'm going to say it. I think the Sound of Metal is probably the most deserving movie in Oscars history to win in that category, uh, at least that I've seen. 
Probably. Um, probably, because most of the time it's just loudest movie. Yeah. And yeah. this one, like, sound is key to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To totally put yourself in Riz Ahmed's, like, headspace at certain points in the movie and the way that it, like, weaves in and out of it. Like, there's that scene where um, where his girlfriend uh, is singing and mm-hmm. it's beautiful and it's fun. And then you pan over to his point of view and it just sounds like muffled and mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the sadness that is just created from these choices. So good. Also, so cool. It feels like the Foley is turned up for the beginning of the movie a little bit. So that yeah. you can like oh, really be like, oh, he's dusting his machinery and you can hear the dust. And you, <laughs> you know, I wasn't like, I wasn't cognizant of that as it was happening, but yeah, he had like a, a whole daily uh, routine sequence. Yeah. Well, it started with the big metal band. Um, yes. Yeah. Loud so music. Loud. And then- But, it, yeah. but also like yeah. him doing yoga and mm-hmm. cleaning and dusting and making right. smoothies. Yeah. I-, I Lots of these movies I have rewatched as I've tried to get I one of my to friends to watch as many now. of yeah. the Best Picture nominees as possible. And that, I think, the, uh, Sound of Metal probably stood out the most on a rewatch. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Oh, who's your, your final, your final director? Uh, is Kitty Green for The Assistant. Um, again, it's just about creating this environment. And it's just this, like, in this case, it's this dull, mundane, but so much evil on the underneath. And she just does a great job um, communicating that through like the smaller details and then just the general like tone and feeling and color the whole in the vibe, movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's your winner? I'm going to go with Darius Martyr and The Sound of Metal. All right. My winner is Florian Zeller in the for The Father. Mm-hmm. Um. I was trying to pick between the two of those, and I think I have to go with Darius Martyr. Um, cool. Just uh, an amazing movie. I think that, that gives it the picky as the overall as well. Um, before we get to Best Picture, I have not told you guys this. I, I just thought about it. I have to give a special picky to not any movie in particular, but something that came up in multiple movies, and that is the sun shining through the leaves as you contemplate life and how good it is. <laughs> that is in Sound of Metal. That is in Soul. The Father. That is in The Father. Mm-hmm. That is in Nomadland. That's about half of Nomadland. <laughs> yeah. um, what else is that in? It's in a, a lot of things. There was so is many. Is it in Minari? Every time it comes up, it's oh, it's kind of in, it's definitely, definitely Minari. Minari. It's every in time Wolf it happens, Walkers. I, I like it. It's striking to me. I'm like, oh wow, the sun through the leaves, life. It doesn't really happen, and I'm thinking of ending things. But you do have the look up in the snow. It is so much too. It's snowy. kind of like a variation. I also think like I think you have different. the opposite of that. Is, in I'm thinking of ending things where like when the snow covers up the sun and you're just thinking yeah, about death. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, we do sometimes hand out those special uh, things. So that's a good one, Mark. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, all right, let's do it, y'all. It's best picture time. It's so we've talked about all these movies. Oh, except there's one that Chad hasn't talked about. So I'll let Chad say like two sentences about that movie oh wow sure but we've we've said the rest of these so we're not going to dwell on them too long but uh we'll s- oh let me actually go back and say where we lined up with director uh we only lined up for chloe Zhao, and that was me and mark 
we didn't line up with Venterberg, Fincher, Lee, Isaac Chung, Emerald Fennell. Not that any of those people are bad. I just kind of think uh, we liked all these other ones. More. I also wonder if they were hesitant to nominate Florian Zeller or Darius Martyr because it's their first movies. Although it is also Emerald Lee Isaac Chung and, and Lee Isaac Emerald. Chung's. But um, it's yeah. interesting how many first films mm-hmm. got like we're just amazing this year. Yeah. Um, I wonder also if those were the ones that got released this year because they didn't have a lot of pressure to be successful. Right. Well, here's the thing. Sound of Metal is fucking brilliant, as is The Father in a normal year. Do I think they could have made the noise they needed to? I'm yeah. not asking. I don't know. Sure. I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Sound of Metal gets a nomination. Uh, Sound of Metal, definitely not. The Father could gets have. It's an acting nomination easily. Yes, it's yeah. the two popes. It could have slipped in the two popes way. Yeah. Um, which, God, two popes rule. So Both of those good. popes are awesome. <laughs> two popes is a good movie. One of those popes you better know, than the other. Every but... year, yeah, I feel like every year there's one of those movies gets nominated for best picture that like a lot of people haven't seen and then we watch it and we're like guys it's good and two yeah. popes was that last year and yeah it was real good there's this um, dropped on okay, netflix sh- too right like it was like one of those yeah. movies yeah. yeah yeah all right i'll go first with my um, best picture noms um okay. so i'll go ahead and get this one out of the way the vast of night is a movie we've not talked yeah. about yet on this episode we talked about it i think the day i or the week i first saw it um and it's just it is such yeah. a cool movie. It's cool. Um, yeah, I for, I'm blanking on the director's name, but I am looking forward to his future uh, in filmmaking just because he's young and and starting out. Uh, I think there's maybe yeah, one they, other project. They're gonna hire him for some sci-fi thing. Yeah, Andrew Patterson is his name. They're gonna hi- yeah, hire sure. him for a Marvel or some horror movie or yeah. if he yeah, could do like jordan peele level uh hollywood movies for the rest mm. of eternity i'd like that um it's just this cool like sci-fi um atmospheric the horror but also not really horror horror but it's horror um mm. really cool movie check it out it's on amazon it's a twilight it's a twilight zone episode basically yeah it's, yeah it's, it's a good one of those yeah um and then the rest of mine are the assistant the king of staten island sound of metal soul minari i'm thinking of ending things nomad land promising young woman and the father all right and then mine are wolf walkers palm springs the invisible man kajillionaire sound of metal soul minari i'm thinking of ending things nomad land the father it's crazy that each of us had like at least three or four movies that we only us dominated. Yeah. Different boys, different opinions. Um, my nominations are Judas and the Black Messiah, One Night in Miami, Bank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Sorry, I thought about Glenn Coase's a debut. Um, <laughs> Sound of Metal, Soul, Minari, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and Promising Young Woman. Cool. So here's the thing. Before we reveal our winners, I will say there has been some times on previous um, pickies where like you guys nominate something and I'm like, what the? No, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. 
I'll be honest with you guys. I don't have that feeling about any of any nomination this year. I yeah. feel like this is the most like, yeah, it's all good. I feel like the Oscars mm-hmm. were pretty solid. I feel like this it's year. a, a I feel smaller like we were pool pretty solid. that we're all pulling yes. from, but it's a more solid pool than we're used to. Maybe. Yes. Like it's yes. not been a year of bad movies. It's just been a year of less movies. Yes. And and there's sometimes where there's things that like, I kind of don't like at all that you guys really like or vice versa. Sure. And I just, yeah, there hasn't really been that. There hasn't been a Joker or a three billboards or <laughs> right. something like that this yeah, year. Even with the Oscars, um, like I wasn't mad about anything. I disagreed with a couple of categories, but truly I was like, oh, good about I think every single category. Yeah, And there weren't really a lot of like bullets that we dodged either. Right. right like there was nothing that was nominated that i was like this better not fucking win yeah right. i think i think the time i got the most quote-unquote mad and it, this shows what it was is mank winning production design because i was like oh, of course but it should have been the right. father but yeah, the father exactly. is subtle production exactly. design yeah. but i'm like it makes sense and mank is good too whatever like Although, that's the most mad i, I got. think i'm exactly I, the same <laughs> Yeah, I, I would like to congratulate Film Twitter on finding a way to be mad about these Oscars. Yeah. Um, I, don't I guess you're going to find they, had issues they don't like Promising Young Woman and they don't like Charles Chicago 7 and they're wrong on both counts. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. People can disagree and I think some of those differing opinions are interesting. I just don't I mean, yes, is the final scene in Trial Chicago 7 a little cheesy? Sure. Oh, well. It made me feel good, like yeah. <laughs> because it was before the election. Um, I'm like actually kicking myself now for not nominating Travel Chicago Seven. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was weird. Um, speaking of where we line up, uh, it was weird that you didn't. Is can uh, I replace? I think it's too late, but I would probably replace one of mine. Although I won't say for the sake of that movie. Yeah. Um, so where we line up is the Father Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank Minari, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal. Where we did not is Trial of Chicago. I'm Seven. sorry, Andrew, Aaron Sorkin, and I'm also sorry for calling you Aaron Drew Sorkin for a second there. I'm. It's been a Aaron long Drew day. Aaron Drew Sorkin is what you did just try and pull. Um, now I'm imagining yeah, a like a, a a cool younger brother of Aaron Sorkin named Andrew Sorkin. <laughs> Andrew Sorkin. Um, yeah, but great year for movies. Looking forward to 2022. Now it is time to reveal our win, our personal winners for Best Picture. Chad, what is your personal winner? I keep going back and forth um, on this. Uh, and it's been between The Sound of Metal, Nomadland, and The Father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's The Father. Okay. I'm going to go with The Father. Okay respect it um i am going with this should shock nobody sound of metal i have loved that movie since the second i watched it's it it's so um, good it's so good um the thing, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it in a second but mark what is yours i i think i also have to go with sound of metal okay. a movie that i loved on first watch and then on rewatch i was you know just enraptured again you know so what? here's the thing i am not the father... mad at the all. thing is the father was a close 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 second yeah. and then nomadland was a close 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 third and like, i think if you like caught um, me on a different day i would have said this sound the metal you know it's one of those things where it's like the differences are so small it's just well and there's an element of the father too where i think i at least am feeling the urge to defend it to some degree because people haven't 
really watched it and yeah. seems like they're dismissing they're dismissing it as kind of a weepy Oscar bait movie. Mm-hmm. It's like not really what that movie is. But Sound of Metal is the picky 2020 winner to review. Here are the winners. In best voiceover motion capture performance, we have Eva Whitaker in Wolfwalkers. For best animated film, we have Wolfwalkers. For best adapted screenplay, we have I'm Thinking of Ending Things. For best original screenplay, we have Promising Young Woman. For best supporting actor, we have Paul Racy. For best supporting actress, we have Yoon Young Jung for Minari. Uh, for best actress, we have Elizabeth Moss in The Invisible Woman. Uh, for best actor, we have Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Uh, for best director, we have Darius Martyr for Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal almost basically sweeped. Uh, and best picture, we have Sound of Metal. Uh, the only nomination that we put it up for, I guess it didn't win screenplay or best supporting actress, but that was it. Um, Man, so good, yeah. good, good showing for uh, couple Sound of, of Metal. It also couple didn't, of metal oh, heads. it did win best actor. Yeah, look at us, Sound Heads. Sound Heads um so great so that is this year's pickies um you know on our regular show i always um get you guys to say like hey what's an upcoming movie like coming out in the next couple weeks Um, i refuse to watch movies after getting ready for the oscars (laughs) i don't know what that means Um, oh yeah oh yeah that's the thing oscar Oscar fatigue lasts for like the for me like the three days after the Oscars and then I'm like and I'm back (laughs) Um, but I definitely have that moment of like I couldn't watch a movie on Oscars day but so what I want you to do is you're way too early what is a movie that gets nominated for best picture next year I'll say what I said last year and say the French Dispatch (laughs) (laughs) I'll say uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Always been on Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm going to say West Side Story, which I also think Dude, I said last year. That movie looks so good. West Side Story looks so It looks good. amazing. It's crazy. That shot uh, where my, it says directed by Steven Spielberg and the shadows like it's come the, in. the sharks and the jets yeah. coming yeah. together. It's amazing. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Um, hold on. I'm writing these down. The French Dispatch from Chad. Yes. Um, then we had West Side what was yours again, Mark? You. Mm-hmm. And I didn't listen to. Mark. Oh, he said no, killer, killers, killers of the, of the flower, flower Moon. Moon. Scorsese. You can always yes. on Scorsese. Yes, and then Killers of the Flower Moon. I think my other like loose prediction is we're gonna get two musicals nominated, which I don't know that we've done in a. Oh, long In the time. Heights being the other one. Yes, but yeah. also we have the fucking we have Lin Manuel direct Lin Manuel Miranda directing a musical called Tick Tick Boom. We also have oh. Dear Evan Hansen coming out this year, and that's there's not also the animated the, uh, musicals. Yeah, there's that Pixar one about. Let's call me by your name Encanto. too. Not the fish. Boys. Oh, Luca. The, Luca. Yeah, that's not a musical. But oh, I thought um, Lin Manuel Miranda did music for that. Encanto is the one that he did music for, What's which Encanto? is a Disney movie that is coming out later this year. The one that Lin Manuel is doing the music for. But like, what is it? We don't know yet. Oh, okay. I guess that's why oh, I'm wires crossed because like <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Uh, I would be willing to bet against the fact that we have two. Uh, musicals nominated fascinating you don't uh we'll i see. just don't see it happening i mm-hmm. don't think that 
uh, Dear Evan Hansen or I don't know that I believe those. Two, I don't think no, that but... In the Heights will be nominated. It will. Mm. I will be surprised if there are two musicals set in New York about Puerto Ricans that are nominated for Best Picture. Well, that, that's what I, I don't keep think going both... back on. Is West Side Story going to cancel In the Heights out, or is In the Heights going to cancel that out? Because I, I think West Side Story. Happening. A former Best Picture winner directed by a former Best Picture winner. Written by the guy who wrote Angels in America. Being released at the end of the year versus in the summer. I know, but In the Heights, I think, is going to save movies to some degree. I I am going to thoroughly enjoy In the Heights. Yeah, Yeah, Um, this is no shade on In the Heights. So, okay. Moderate shame on Tick, Tick, Boom. um, This is... uh yeah this is it this is uh 2020 oscars congrats Cody. the oscars 2020 best picture you wrote down a closing line just say it no i i yeah so um thanks everybody for listening um we all before we finally wrap up we all are guessing on podcasts very soon so i want us to or like have our own podcast showing up soon so i will be on theme park this um which i don't know when that episode will be released but check it out i am building a theme park based around the academy awards uh so that'll be a fun app i also um am hosting we need to talk about spider-man which has an episode coming out later this week um with callie smith where we talk about spider-man too um and chad and i had to issue corrections because new news came out uh chad what's in your podcast world uh well you can listen to my other podcast the lord of the rings sentence where i read through the lord of the rings one sentence at a time on a weekly schedule i'm already like five sentences in at the release of this episode later this week i'll be six sentences through the fellowship of the Rings. so it's a pretty big sentence almost that's almost a paragraph yeah he hasn't even almost close to the end of the page yet uh mark i'm close to the end of the page these are some long sentences Um, I am, I'm guesting on, I guess, later this month episodes of um, French The Lord of the Rings Sentence. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 uh, Lord of the Rings Sentence. I, I forgot, I, I will be back on Lord of the Rings Sentence at some point, too. I, I actually have the honor of um, having, like, a paragraph break, almost like a page break. It's very exciting. We get into it in the podcast. Uh, oh, cool. Um, I, like Cody also mentioned, I'm going to be on the Franchiseography podcast talking about a movie I have not seen, X-Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> it's so funny um, you picked the one You have you seen New Mutants yet either? I have seen New Mutants. So you you are going to complete it. Like, so that's Yeah, fun. unfortunately. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, at least I have a reason to now. Um, and then I'll be on the We Talk About Spider-Man podcast for Spider-Man 3 as yeah. well as The Amazing Spider-Man. So in May and June, you're going to get uh, back to double back. Dipping. May, June, and December is when Mark is appearing. So uh, it's almost like he is our friend and it's easy to get. Um, all right. So we hope you like our winners. If you don't, that's understandable. Everybody has their own opinions. You just need to remember that you can pick your friends and you can pick your nose, but you can't pick the pickies. We can't. Yeah. I can also pick my friends' noses. I'm vaccinated. So. On the next episode of Best Pictures, we are talking about another Oscar winner, but uh, back in time, The Hurt Locker. Uh, Another Oscar winner uh, nominated and directed by a woman. In fact, the first Best Picture winner 
to be nominated to be directed by a woman. Very exciting. The, the last time it has happened, also like you, you know the this, most recent oh, wow. time. Yes. Yeah, most recent until uh, this year's ceremony. Yeah, the only until yesterday as of recording this. So, yep. Very exciting. We'll talk about it. I love this movie. It's on the Roku channel, or. I don't know. Figure that Just out. Rent it. Whenever I'm you're, a Roku. I don't mind. When, whenever you're going to uh, go watch the old Quibi originals that are now Roku originals, you'll also be able to watch Best Picture winning <laughs> The Hurt Locker. Also, just like check FX. I feel like it plays there sometimes. Okay, yeah. guys. TNT. Thanks for listening to, okay, the, best, okay, to Best Pictures. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>